Today's episode of Overnight Success You is brought to you by the Rise Up Project. Guys, this is going to be a retreat taking place the weekend of May 16th and May 17th. Women, listen up because this is designed for you. It is a woman's only event where we are bringing together students, we're bringing together entrepreneurs, we're bringing together business professionals, and we're going to break down limitations that are holding you back in life and in business. This two-day event is going to consist of mental training as well as mastery of your business. We will break down physical and mental limitations. We will make sure that you are leaving this event with all of your baggage behind. Get vulnerable. Become immersed in what is holding you back. Become aware of limitations and fear that are still inside of your body and have yet to be released. And then focus all of your efforts on leadership principles, right systems and processes for your business, and how to scale to the next level. For more information, go down to the show notes, click that link. All that information will be there for you to figure out if this is something you need in 2020. Welcome to Overnight Success You, episode 18. Today in class, we were able to sit down with Coach Michael Burt. Coach Burt is the founder and CEO of Michael Burt Enterprises. Here at 31 years old, Coach Burt would actually retire from athletic sports to build a multi-million dollar coaching business and form the Monster Producer Coaching Program, which is a systematic and consistent program that teaches sales professionals, business owners, and those interested in rapid growth the five big areas to get a significant lift in their business. As always, I'm Mark Forster, aka Professor Doughboy, here to walk through the curriculum. At OSU, we are here to help entrepreneurs from their beginning roots grow their mentors, mindset, and money through a better understanding of the journey, knowledge of the merchant industry, and how all of this applies to your business. All right, what's going on, guys? Uh, Mark Forster, aka Professor Doughboy, back with another classroom session at Overnight Success University. And today, um, we actually have the opportunity to speak with Coach Bert. Uh, so, for those that may not be familiar with his work and really his life's journey, he truly does embody this, you know, overnight success mantra, this 10,000 hour rule, if you will. Um, so please, I really implore all of you to really listen in here, have a notebook ready. Um, it's going to be very, very packed with a lot of information from both an athletic standpoint, um, but also from that business standpoint as well. Um, so I'm going to just get right into it for us. Um, Coach, you had started 
really this whole journey um, at 15 years old. I mean, you know, coaching basketball kids um, from high school to obviously that, that junior pro level. Um, was there really this insatiable desire to be in this coaching field from that young age, like right away? You no, know, that's a great question. I, I look back, I have a theory and the theory is many times we we don't find our purpose in life. Our purpose actually finds us and it finds us through taking action. It never finds us through stagnation. I didn't know that I wanted to be a championship coach until I started coaching. Yeah. I didn't know that that was the right arena for me. And when I look back on my life, when I was 15 years old, I also had a speaking coach who was a dramatic arts uh, major. He was a dentist in town, but, but every night after basketball practice, he would, he would say, come up to my house and he would coach me and how to speak, how, how to communicate, how to write a speech. Now I want you to put those two things together. So I was coaching basketball and I was learning how to speak. Now look at what I do for a living today. Right. <laughs> so, so I, I communicate and I coach. And so, but, but when I was 15 and 16 and 17, I didn't know that. Like, I didn't know this was my life's destiny. I just knew I loved doing it. I knew I got energy from it. I knew that other, the, the market rewarded me. I didn't know it was the unique ability of mine or my primary skill until I really, the market began to, to kind of reward me in the form of love and money and recognition for that skill. I don't think you have to find your purpose before you do something big. I think you start doing things. And in the process, your purpose finds you. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, um, in the episode I was listening to actually you speaking just on that, um, with Nani, you know, you speak about, you, you don't always need to know your why, um, you know, sometimes the purpose isn't there, but I love that. And really sometimes I think as people are just starting off in this journey of whatever entrepreneurship they're at, business professional, even trying to scale to another um, maybe promotion, you know, sometimes it's really not in the, what is it going to be, but you just got to keep trying things until you figure it out. Um, so I'm glad that you touched upon that because not all of us have it figured out right away. And, you know, sometimes that purpose, it may change if you don't stay focused on it. Um, and then obviously, you know, during all of your, your work, um, I mean, geez, <laughs> did you work? most of your life, it was these, these 80 hour work weeks. I was, was that just something that was, um, you know, innate to you or was it like a, a must do, um, type of calling? Yeah. You know, I was raised by a single mom who, who I would consider has a very high prey drive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and she instilled in me that we don't whine, we don't complain, we don't make excuses. We, we go to work and we see something through to its conclusion. So I have worked 80 to hundred hours a week, my whole life. I even do, I even do now. And, um, you know, and I, and I think when you see your work as your mission and it's not an occupation to you, too many people get up and go to occupations. They're there physically, but they're not there with their mind, their heart or their spirit. I see my work as my calling, my mission. So to me, I'm thinking about it all the time. I'm thinking about it on the weekends. I'm thinking about it when I'm at sporting events, I'm thinking about it here because because it's just in me. It just, some people have something you can't put in them and you can't take it out of them. Right. And that's kind of, I don't know where it came from. It's hard for me to describe to you. All I know is how my mother raised me to, she wouldn't let me miss a day of school growing up. 
Uh, she taught me to dress up and look like somebody when we left the house. Mm -hmm. She taught me that this, the hustle muscle, you know, and to me, it was kind of instilled in me. Now that's very uncommon though. I would right. tell you that nine out of 10 people that we coach don't have that. They have to be cranked up. They don't come with batteries included. They need somebody else to give them motivation. They need external factors. They need to constantly be re-enthused. They show up to work on Monday morning just trying to, to make it through. So when you come across these people of increase, these people of advancement, you got to ask what makes a person a person of interest? Well, it's they're moving, they're shaking, they're creating, they're, they're, they're dissatisfied. They're never satisfied with anything, you know? And I think that's uncommon. I think that's, yeah, <laughs> 80 hours a week. I think that's something to definitely tip your hat at, you know, it, it is uncommon. And during the whole process, you know, you speak about your mom a lot. Um, I, you know, been following you for a little bit now. You're a very, very much, you know, family oriented guy. Um, me, myself, uh, just having my first newborn, what does that look like in terms of, because clearly when you're all in on business, you, you're probably all in on business. Do you go all in on family or do you kind of leave residue sometimes? How do you, yeah. uh, and better way to phrase that, how do I or how do we listening keep the business from, you know, going into that personal time when it's, when it's meant and when it's set. Yeah. I think this is an area I probably struggle with just like everybody else does. The way I'm wired, uh, as a high D person, a very dominant personality, I'm wired to go to, to do whatever it takes. Now, the problem with that is when my wife wants me to be home tonight at five, I get home at six. When uh, people ask me to do things, I say yes, sometimes without consideration for how that would affect my family. How much time am I getting with my daughter every day? So, I, you know, I think the reason you need a lot of energy, the reason I go to the number one energy doctor in the world, the reason I'm on the eating plan I am, the reason I'm in the workout plan that I am, because I need a lot of energy. I need a lot of energy to service a lot of people and go home at night and, and be there for my wife and my daughter. And we're about to have another son because it's very hard to go at the pace I go at and not leave some collateral. So that's the reason my book wrote the, my wife wrote the book living with a monster. You know, it's about how do you live with this obsessed person? She's figured out she's not going to change me. This is who I am. Now what I can do as a husband is be more attentive, listen, be more present, show up when I say I'm going to show up, have good energy. Cause my natural bend is to work. You know, when I'm at home, I want to work. I want to, I want to get involved in something. I don't want to, I don't want to sit. So that's a learned thing for me because I, you know, from 20 to 30, I, I wasn't married. I didn't have any kids. All of my time was devoted toward my, my vocation of coaching. It's really one of the things that made me great was the amount of time and energy I put into it. But now that I have a family, I have to consider these things. I, I, and I think I could definitely be a better dad and a better husband. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad that it was just, you know, spoken about because I know that some people, you know, and I think myself included, sometimes we kind of, you know, put that to the side for now. Um, but it's so very important to obviously have that stable structure. So yeah. they know, look, daddy's here doing this for us. You know what yeah. I mean? So I'm glad that at least it's something that you still struggle with because I think everybody listening has that sense of struggle sometimes too, you know? Yeah. And let me, let me say this. I, I mean, I've said that before. I'm doing it for you. I'm doing it for my family. And my wife called me out on it one day and she said, you're, you're, you're not doing it for us. Now we, we benefit. Right. 
with the, with the houses and the second homes and the jet and the, you know, I get to do what I love. Like we benefit from you doing it, but, but let's not make it a mistake about it. You ain't doing it for us. You're doing it because it feeds something in you. Okay. And, and, and she's right. Okay. I can say all day long and make it sound pretty like, Oh yeah, I'm doing it for you. And it's the reason I go to work hard, sweetheart, and have, have you to have a better life. But the reality is the way I'm wired, I'm doing it for a sense of accomplishment. I'm doing it for a sense of purpose. I'm doing it for a sense of pursuit. When you study this prey drive concept that, that, that I'm talking about, and I'm the only one on the planet talking about it, um, the dog real reward, the dog's real reward is not actually capturing the prey. It's the ability to pursue the prey. The, the reward becomes the pursuit. And for me, I need self-satisfaction that I put the work in, that I did everything that I could do. Okay. Now, there's benefactors of that. People on my team get the benefit from it. My family gets the benefit from it. My own mother, whose house flooded once, and she got to live at one of my properties for a month, she benefited from it. So, but, but, but the, the, the sacrifice to get it is something many people will never do. It's why they don't have it. Yeah. That's why we look up to people who do produce it, who do produce at very high levels. We, we want to be them. We want to see how they do it. We want to have something they've got. It's why we watch national baseball players play and musicians sing and why we go to, to uh, sporting events to see, right? And entertainers entertain. Like we, we see something in them like, oh, they got this figured out. They're using their talents to impact the world and the world is rewarding them and they got this cool life. But let me tell you something, that life ain't easy. If you look at any of the big time people, the overnight success story is 10 years overnight, daily repetition, work the muscle, chop wood and carry water. It ain't sexy every day. Like people work with me and they think it's going to be private jets and nice hotels and, and it's going to be easy, man. It ain't easy working 18 hours in a day. It don't matter how nice the jet is. It, that makes it a little bit nicer. Yeah. But, 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 but I got a nice bus and I don't care. You travel enough miles on that bus. You, you, it don't matter how nice that bus is. You don't want to be on it. I don't care how nice that plane is when, you know, so the, the point is, I think a lot of people look at things and they glamorize them. They sex it up like, Oh, that's easy. Now what he does is easy, but it ain't easy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't, I think, you know, you actually said it and I'm going to be the one to agree. I've never heard it put like that. And I don't think anybody else has heard it put like that from when you talk about family saying you do it for family, you're right. It, it is done for this drive. And that prey concept is something I've never heard of. So that was very, you know, Oh my God, a lot of that was just bottled up value that I think everybody should definitely try to digest and play back, you know, because there's this insatiable drive that coach carries and then there's this stoicism about him again, chop wood, carry water. Like it's a very unique blend, I think. And I don't think people in terms of even the, the selling space, um, the coaching space in terms of sales, you know, really do talk about, and I know the transition from coaching to sales took place because of a book that you kind of really, um, emphasized a lot during the coaching process, um, which was Covey's book. Um, and then your whole development of that whole person theory, would you be able just to kind of talk about that a little bit and, and just how that really, you know, influenced you in, in these years? Well, when I was 18 years old, I really hadn't been introduced to personal development at that time. 
like, like, you know, I mean, I, I, I was, I was a coach, an athletic coach. And one of my mentors, a guy named Don Meyer said, if you don't read another book this year, read the seven habits of highly effective people. And while you're at it, pick up a copy of first things first, this was in 1994. And, and I'm like, okay, if my mentor said it, I'm doing it. So I go straight to the bookstore and I pick up seven habits of highly effective, the seven habits of highly effective people. And the book changed my life. The personal development changed my life. It exposed me to a new arena. I was hungry for it, but I didn't know where to get it. Okay. I wasn't raised in an environment where we are reading self-help books and we're going to seminars and workshops. And so when I read that book in the book, he talks about people being made up of four parts, a body, a mind, a heart, and a spirit. And each of those parts produce four different needs. Body's need is to live. That's skill. The mind's need is to learn. That's knowledge. The heart's need is to love and be loved. That's passion. Spirit's needs to connect to higher power, to leave a legacy, to have faith in something, to believe in something. And when I'm reading this, I'm thinking, man, we really can't talk about potential, this idea of kinetic energy that's stored until utilized, until we talk about the whole person. Because you're not going to reach your potential if you don't reach your potential in the body. And if you don't reach your potential in the mind, if you don't reach your potential in the heart and you don't reach your potential in the spirit, like you're not going to reach your potential because, because you can't be out of, out of alignment with one of these dimensions. So really when I learned that model at 18 years old, there's two things I made up my mind. Number one, I'm going to teach these seven habits to every player I have. So when basketball players came into my system, first thing I taught them was the seven habits of highly effective people. I'm imagine learning that at 14 years old. And what I was really building, and I'm going to write a book on this at some point, call it competitive intelligence, is I was really growing the competitive IQ of my team. My players were smarter than other people's players. They were more connected than other people's players. So I have this deep, a minute ago when you mentioned this, this, this dynamic that I have, it's because I have a deep methodology to me that came from Covey. Covey's a deep methodology thinker. It's not cotton candy. It's not quick fix. It's not a sugar high. It's real. It's changing the internal structure of, of your belief systems. It's becoming transition people. So I studied that from 18 to 25. It had a huge impact on me. And it's a lot of the reason I have the depth that I do today. And I would, I would put myself in any room with any coach in America with my philosophy uh, and say, I, I know how to enter engineer people to win. I know how to touch all four parts of their nature. And that was because of the first decade of my professional life doing it through the whole person theory. And that's something that I think like you're successful and everybody listening to this, just know that coach, I mean, one of the most, if not the most successful coach in the state of Tennessee through, through his career. And that's something that I kind of really wanted to, to get a little bit more about is clearly it sounds like, you weren't successful as a coach because you knew X's and O's and like all of this stuff. Like you were fundamentally changing players at like almost a cellular level. And it's something that I really wanted to dive into a bit. And I'm glad that you spoke on it was like your success was not because these guys were the most gifted. Your success was because you wanted to make sure that they had values set up. And based on everything that you got into them, that's what made them great. And especially, you know, being a, a male um, and again, going through a coaching style of my own through sports when I was younger, 
were there ever instances or how important was it for you to talk to men about actually being a man? Was that stuff brought up in the, in the whole person theory as well? Topics like that, like, you know, really, again, these are your, your youthful years. Was it ever something that you kind of took a part of your responsibility to teach them how to be a man and, and be that role model? You, you know, I didn't have, if, and I know you, I can tell that you've really done work on my, on my, on my story and dug into my past. And I didn't talk about this for a number of years, but I had no relationship whatsoever with my father growing up. I didn't have a man teaching me how to be a man. I didn't like, I was raised by that single mom. They had me when they were very young, 18 and 16. My dad was just out there goofing off in the world for a number of years until he got serious about life. And so I didn't have a person teaching me how to fix a car or go hunting or, or fix anything for that matter. So I just had this mom teaching me. So what, what filled in for me in that dad role was that, that dentist that took me under his wing to teach me how to speak when he was 16. And what filled in for me was that, that uh, little league baseball coach who took me under his wing and, and taught me and fed me. And, you know, so, so I just thought when I became a coach, Many of the kids I had didn't have dads. Many of the players I had came from broken homes, poor families. Some of them, not all of them. Some of them came mm-hmm. from affluent homes with two, fam- two parents. And, but many of the kids I coached really were inner city kids that didn't have a father figure. I mean, one of my players put me in her phone as dad. So when I would call her, it'd say, daddy's calling. Wow. You know, because that's kind of the surrogate parent I became to them. So it's like I had 30 daughters for a decade. I fed yeah. them. I taught some of them how to drive in the parking lot in my own car. I grew them up. I took them from scared little girls to, to confident women. I mean, that, that was just my, you know, I mean, that was my mentality. I'm going to use sport as a vehicle for teaching life. I'm going to become real successful. I'm going to teach them how to become real successful. Yeah. And many of our players have gone on to be very successful people in the world, you know, with, with their profession. They knew how to show up early. Like that's one thing I'm trying to teach my seven-year-old daughter, how to show up early, how to, how to meet and greet people, how to get your head up, how to be somebody in the world. How to, you know, I mean, and all I can do is implant these seeds in her and hope that they catch. That's crazy. Like, and, and I think it goes for a lot of the people listening too, in terms of us as entrepreneurs and, and us as business people really just modeling exactly what you're talking about. Like, it just sounds like you are so ingrained with that give, give, give mentality. And that's what you've based coaching on. That's what you've based uh, monster producer on. It's just this people first, let me give them exactly what they need. And you know what? I- I'm going to benefit somewhere down the line. And yeah, I'm sure that it's easy to be said for people, but how do you, or do you, how would you help us get lost in other people's dreams? If they don't, you know, if they're too busy looking at their paycheck first, how how do we transition into, look, let me get lost in my client's dream. Let me do whatever I can to help them first. I think, you know, I'm thinking about your question there and I have a new president of my company and she's a fireball. I mean, she's got a lot of spunk, (laughs) She's incredibly good, but part of the reason I've I've hired her is to protect the profitability of the company. And 
So we're having this discussion the other day between my desire to help people and my compassion for people and, and the need to be profitable as a company, right? Because I did, I did four events in Memphis last week and I took my plane and I flew over and I took people with me and, you know, she was kind of banging on me at the end of the day, like, this is not going to be profitable. You took your jet, you know, we didn't make enough money. And I said, I get it. Okay. I understand. But, but there's, but I'm at a point in my life that I'm just as interested in my legacy as I am in the money. Okay. And I believe that, that the, the more people I help, the more money we're going to make. Okay. So, so when you hear me say, get lost in another person's dreams, listen, two of the people signed up today for my coaching program. Then we're going to sign up more. And I said, just, just sit back and wait for the next two weeks to, and, and then measure the profitability of the event. Once we had a chance to work those people, and let's say we bring in 25, 30, 40,000, it costs us 10 to go over there. Well, we've made 30,000 for the day. And there's a lot of people take 30,000 for the day. And I had fun. And, and here's the deal. I felt good when I got home that night, man. That was what was important to me. Like I, I told her it was a good day. She said, no, it wasn't a good day because we didn't make any money. <laughs> and, and I'm like, no, it was a good day. And I need to have good days like that for my own psyche. Like I need to know I'm helping people. So I try to move a statistic in another person's life. If I was coaching you, I'm, I may move a st statistic in your life of confidence. I may move a statistic of sales. I may, like when you're around me, you may feel like you're advancing and growing and expanding. Because I ask people in my coaching program, like, what do, you, what do you get? Some people say, man, you just helped me think so much bigger. Some people say you helped me drink. Some people say I was disorganized and you helped me get organized. Some people say I, my prey drive was inactive and now it's active. Some people say you help me make a million more dollars a year. Like some people, I'm their life coach. Some people, I'm their business coach. I don't care. I just want to be their coach because some days they need a shot of confidence and some days they need a shot of selling. Some days they need a shot of follow-up. Some days they need a shot of how to get referrals. So what I do is I say my job in your life is to give you this increase, this, this advancement in your life. You're going to decide based on how much you dig in with me on how much you get. You know, there was a woman that emailed in last night that, that uh, said, I don't care about your jet or your condos in Nashville. Like, get back to being real, coach. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, is being real being broke? Yeah. Like, like, I ain't going back to being broke. And if being real is me in a, in a, in a crappy office, in a crappy apartment, making $24,000 a year like I used to, I ain't going back to being real, girl. Okay, so if you got a problem that I got a jet, that's on you. It ain't on me. Cause I worked hard. I worked 80 hours a week for 25 years to be able to get these things. And I'm proud of those things. So my thought, but my thought process, and I'm doing my podcast today on this about how not to major into minors. If you got time to tend to other people's business, you ain't got enough going on. Right. I ain't got enough time to sit here and be critical of Mark. I ain't got enough time to be critical of Jack, my videographer. I ain't got, I ain't even got time to even think about these other people other than the ones I'm tending to. Right. So, so I think sometimes getting lost in other people's dreams is, it's just making, making up your mind that you are a person of interest. You are a person of advancement. Other people's lives are going to be increased just through a connection and an affiliation to you. That's crazy. And, you know, it just, I think what I like to hear too, because I, I was going to get into this eventually, is monster producer it's not like you know oh here's your sales script it's not like you know this is what you say to close and all of this it's just it seems like you have created something that not only sales professionals can really cater towards yeah from that okay this is your follow up statement and all this but you really again going back to that 
the whole person. You're, you're trying to make sure that this individual that has trusted you is going to benefit from business, from familial, from, you know, their own, you know, health and, and well-being. And I just, I, I'm glad that you kind of got into that because I, I wanted the audience to understand that Monster Producer is for sales professionals, but it's, it's really for people. It, it, you know, it, it's really for people. And are there other things that you could briefly go through that someone may experience within the program outside of like, again, sales techniques and everything? Yeah, because of my background, I'm not just a sales guy. Like, like the people in my coaching program experience increased knowledge, increased skill, increased desire, increased confidence, increased connectivity, increased networks. I don't cover a sales topic every month. Like I pick one subject and I, and I cover this subject, what I call holistically, meaning, meaning this month is how to become a world-class negotiator. But I actually talk about the first person you negotiate with every day is your own feelings. The first person you negotiate with yourself. Then I get into how you become the prize. Then I begin into tactics to, to business negotiate. But, but every month I cover subjects that, you know, because I have some people that are not in sales. Yeah. And they say, well, is this program for me? Well, if you want an increase in your life, yes, this program is for you. It is a, it is a, 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 a program of advancement. It's a program of increase. I don't care what you want to increase. If you want to increase sales, you're going to get there. If you want to increase confidence, you're going to get it. You want to increase, uh, you know, we do stuff for families. My wife and I do, do couples events. We just did a Living with the Monster Couples event last week. How to get increased in your family. I got a kids academy on how your kids can get increased. So to me, that's intentional congruence. And that's really what I should have said earlier. I don't believe in balance. I believe in intentional congruence. And intentional congruence is where everything feeds everything. Like my whole life feeds my whole life. Right. And, uh, and so that means I'm going to do stuff for kids. I'm going to do, do stuff for couples. I'm going to do stuff for the entrepreneur. I'm going to do stuff for the, for the employee. Uh, I think about my personal assistant who, who set this up with you, Melissa, when she came to me, she was probably making 25,000 a year as an assistant to a mortgage originator, incredible dude, but he didn't push her. They went and got coffee in the middle of the day. She came in the first week and worked with me and just was crying one day. And she's, and I was like, what's wrong with you? She's like, man, I can't handle this intensity like I'm overwhelmed okay now fast forward a year later and she's asking me can she come in on Saturdays can she travel with me to every city I go into can she get an increased responsibility and she do other things like it's a totally different woman because she's gone through the system with me she she has activated her prey drive she has found another gear and that's what I think a good coach should do with there's a fundamental misunderstanding I think with a lot of coaches out there because there's no barrier to entry to be a coach, there's a lot of people who want to be coaches that have really not accomplished anything yet. Mm -hmm. They have not put the work in. They don't real have. They don't have the real meat and potatoes. Yeah. It's a lot of flash, and I get it. it, it you, you create a course, you sell a course. I get it. Uh, I get that. One many years ago, I was a little aspiring coach, but I have actually put the twenty years in. Like I have a real methodology. I've actually won a championship. I've actually built a multi-million dollar company. Like, like that don't mean I have all the answers, by the way. But that just means I, everything I'm telling you to do, I do. What you read in my books that I write, I do. I, don't, I call on people every day. I try to close deals every day. I move about the planet every day. I do things for free every day. Like, like 
you know, like I practice what I preach and, and that's what I want people to know about me if, if I, if they want me to be their coach. Yeah. That's, that was a, a bomb for sure. So like, I know a big thing for like 2020 is, oh, you know, you, you assign yourself a word, right? And my word was intentional, but I might, I might do intentional congruency that I've never even really fathomed it that way. And that was extremely, extremely valuable. And um, I'm glad you kind of brought up the assistant and, and Melissa and everything. Do you think that what you have right now um, in terms of your abilities, can you teach hunger? Is that something that is taught? Um, or how, like, for example, if someone's trying to scale and hire an employee, how do you teach that? There you go. Sorry, I lost you. There you go. Are you, I'm, I can hear you now. I just wanted to know, is, do you think that you can teach employees hunger? Yes. I think you can create an environment, yeah. a, prey drive, a high prey drive environment. If you really understand what I'm talking about, prey drive, you understand the activators of prey drive. They're, not, they're, they're, they're motivators and activators, okay? And I try to create a high prey drive environment. Like this morning, you know, I'm doing events with Tim Story, Sharon Lecter. We're, we're on tour called When Life Knocks the Shout Out of You Tour. It's coming to my lodge in Nashville. We're doing it in Dallas. Then we're going to come out and roll it out to New York City and some other LA, Miami, right? And so I'm teaching my team this morning, what do you do when life knocks the shout out of you? How do you bounce back? I'm trying to create a high prey drive environment. Like I took my AR person with me on the private jet last week. She'd never flown private before. She was scared to death. And I said, I want you to see what it's like. I want you to go to Memphis and do four events with me because it's an uncontrolled environment. You're in a controlled environment here. Mm -hmm. You're in the office collecting money every day. It's nice. The temperature is what you want it to be. You look out the window. That ain't what it's like on the road. Okay. And you need, you need to know how hard the salespeople work to collect these deals, which, which is why you need to collect the money. You need to know what it's, how we operate in these uncontrolled environments. You know, you need to know because when we know better, we do better. So part of the coaching process is, is creating a higher standard. And here's an equation. Let's say that you worked on my team and you'd worked at a certain level in your life, like my assistant. She'd worked at a certain level. In her mind, maybe she thought she was going hard. Then she comes and works for me. And it's like, boom. Mm -hmm. now this, this is what hard work is. Like, like It's like those little girl basketball players that played in elementary school. And then they come to me and it's like, now we're playing in the big leagues, man. Yeah. And, and I didn't even know what the big leagues look like. It's like me getting on stage at 10X. It's like, it's like me up in my game and being around the, the, the best people in the world. If you look at who I pick to do events with, I pick the best people in the world. Mm. Like I'm doing events with Tim Story, Sharon Lecter, Tim Grover. Um, I'm doing events with uh, Jim Shields. I'm doing an event with Marshall Silver coming up. I mean, I'm, I'm picking the best people in the world. Why? Because I want to learn from them. I yeah. want to extend. I want to play up. I don't want to play down. Yeah. Yeah. Surround yourself by that environment as well. That's, that's incredible. Um, and I want to just ask, um, I want to be obviously respectful of your time and want to just ask one last question that I found very, very interesting, um, that you spoke about in a, in a podcast I was listening to. And I wanted to know why do you recommend entrepreneurs or business professionals to write their own book? You know, I think I have, I, have a, I have a belief about everything. I believe if life's worth living, it's worth writing down. I believe that a book forces you to get clear on your philosophy. 
I believe a book gives you a message to share with the world. I believe a book is really a starting point to everything. If you want to build intentional congruence, like when I speak, I speak about the things I've written about. And when I write the book, it forces me to know it. Mm. Like I'm not just getting up there reading from a PowerPoint. Like these are my thoughts and my beliefs. Every action you take is driven by your thoughts and your thoughts are no wiser than your understandings. So the deeper you get with your own philosophy, like when I used to go see Covey speak, and he was my mentor. And I remember going to see him in the 90s speak, and he spoke on the seven habits, right? And then I went and saw him speak 10 years later. Guess what he was talking about? The seven habits. <laughs> Big time people don't talk about new things all the time. They may have a new book. Like I got a new book out called Single Digit Millionaire, and it's my philosophy on how I went from a high school basketball coach to, to, to where I am today financially. But it's really a book about transition, okay? Now, there may be some wrinkles in there, and there's new content in there because of my experiences. But at the, at the end of the day, I have a very simple philosophy. Develop a primary skill. Spend 10 years refining that skill. Build demand for that skill. Take that skill to an arena where people pay you more money for it. Build networks. Let those networks exchange with each other. Build excess cash. Use the excess cash to build long-term wealth. That's my strategy, right? That's what I talk about in the book. This is how I do it. This is how I buy these million-dollar properties. This is how I go do these things. This is how I take money from the coaching business and, and build, buy unique properties that my family can enjoy. We can cash flow when we're not using. We can use for coaching retreats. That's intentional congruence. And so what I'm telling you, though, is my philosophy don't change. My philosophy is, you know, my third book was called This Ain't No Practice Life. And there's seven decisions I think you got to make in that to do something big in the world. I still, those seven decisions are still relevant today. No different than the stories in the Bible are still relevant today. Yeah. Right? Like you don't change. Yeah. Those seven habits don't change. So too many people want somebody to talk about something new. Like, like we want to hear um, Cardone. Look, Cardone don't talk. What was he talking about? 10X and, and 10X. buying apartments. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. Yeah, that's his philosophy. Like, yeah. like you don't, you don't need him to change his philosophy. You need to go deeper into the philosophy. Yeah. Okay. And that's what people got to understand is we got to be less interested in being entertained and more interested in being educated. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. And you know, I just want everybody listening um, to really just understand if you didn't pick up on it throughout this whole episode is coach, not only went through the work himself, not only figured it out on his own in terms of his own internal work, but mind you, you have a coach here that is helping others and giving relentlessly, but through the whole process had other people coaching him. So I just want that to be like a big lesson right away is, you know, he says it very, very frequently left to our own devices we're going to retreat into comfort. So just be aware that you guys are listening to somebody who not only has coached players, not only has coached entrepreneurs and business professionals, but knows that he must stay on top of his game. He has a workout uh, partner, right? He hires nutritionists. He's hiring the right people to surround himself with. The 80 years plus the environment, this is why somebody at this level is this successful. Uh, so coach, I really appreciate you coming on today and, and just shedding that light onto my community and into the guys listening here. Um, where are the best avenues that we can reach out to you and start following your work? 
you know, I, I think about this a lot because I believe a lot of our marketing work is to build affinity with you. And I think one of the best places to build affinity is on my YouTube channel. I put out tons of content. I do like, we like taking podcasts like this and putting it out to the market so people can, can get to know me better. What they really need to know is what my philosophy is on the growth of people. And so YouTube search coach, Michael Burke, uh, Instagram, follow me at Michael Burke. Or if you search coach, Michael Burke, coachberg.com you can see all of the events that i'm doing you could see where i'm going to be in cities on tour where you can come you can you know like 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 go there and find the right thing for you and the right thing for you may be follow me on youtube for a period maybe watch me on instagram maybe come into one of my live events i love live events so if you can ever get in a room with me if you can ever come to my lodge outside of nashville if you can ever you know come see me in person on tour somewhere i'm a coach I love the energy of a group, okay? And that doesn't matter if it's 20 people or 20,000 people. I just need that. I feed off that. So I really encourage you, come spend the day with me, and I promise you, you'll leave with a feeling of increase. It won't be cotton candy. It won't be pop-up psychology. It'll be real methodology to get a lift in your life. I love that. I love that. I'm going to put all of the that in the show notes. So that way, they'll go to any of those sites, guys. It's going to be in the show notes for you. But again, you guys felt the energy today. You guys understand that give, give, give mentality that he embodies. And if there's one thing that I'm going to take away and that I hope all of you take away is intentional congruency. Yep. Mark Forster, Professor Doughboy. I appreciate everybody. Class dismissed. Thanks for listening to Overnight Success U with Mark Forster, a.k.a. Professor Doughboy. If you like our show, go ahead, leave us a review on iTunes, and be sure to follow me on Instagram at TheMarkForster for daily content and insight into the day-to-day journey. There, you can also find resources I've provided for access to the OSU community along with the opportunity to schedule time on my calendar to talk further and go more in depth as to what challenges you're facing in business and life. Until next week, class dismissed.